0: Welcome! It's the Boiler Basketball Show, 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis over there, Jeff look. We know it's an action-packed uh, Friday night here for you. We do have coverage uh, coming up a little bit later on from West Lafayette High School for that semi-state action, but we just figured we'd spend a whole hour in the meantime talking Purdue and Big Ten hoops. On the show today, uh, Alan Karpick's going to join us here in, in a little bit as well, so uh, it, it's going to be a good one here. Jeff coming off a nice win in the Gavit games here. Uh, they uh, beat Marquette in a game that uh, maybe a little bit tighter at times than you wanted it to be, but um, you got to hand it to Marquette. I mean, they really came out. They 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 fought hard. They shot the ball well early. I, I thought that was a big difference maker there. Um, and especially early on, too, I thought Purdue uh, struggled to find their offense. I thought they rushed some shots, uh, specifically some threes, and, and – Here's the one thing I think that we didn't really get a chance to mention a whole lot of, Jeff, is they were out-rebounded in this game. With a distinct size advantage, Purdue was out-rebounded. And it wasn't by one or two, Jeff. I mean, what was it, like eight, I think, the final? Eight or nine? Something like that was the big difference between the two of them? I mean, it was, uh, it was substantial.
1: Yeah, it was, and you know that's interesting. With Purdue, uh, I saw a stat the other night. This is the uh, they had ten players enter the game that are six six or uh, taller for Purdue. So obviously a big uh, height advantage. But you know some of that was just the athletic ability of Marquette to tip the ball out on the perimeter and run the ball down. And uh,
0: you they know had it was- some sloppy rebounds too. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, yeah. it some slop shots got some weird b- bounces yeah, on it. But still, did. it's weird to know that that is a staple of Purdue basketball, have that distinct size advantage, and still. Uh, give up that many offensive rebounds. It was insane. Yeah, but it was nice towards the end they did narrow that gap a little
1: bit because they were minus uh, they were minus 10 at one point in the game, and, and they were able to cut, I think, the final rebounding margin was like 4 or 5. But, uh, yeah, you know, but it, it was a game where, where Purdue faced Zach Eady being double teamed in the, in the post, and he was kicking out. And they were getting good looks, and they were just missing him in the first half. And then all of a sudden Coach Painter made some nice adjustments at halftime where he – uh figured out how to enter the enter the ball at different angles and those kind of things and and the second half Zach Edy and and, and Smith were just fantastic and they uh they uh, that one two punch was uh, just too much for the uh
0: for the Eagles to handle. You know, uh Caleb First has that amazing dunk too which is oh I love that thing. Why aren't we talking about that pass? It looked like Tragan oh, Williams pass. out there from beautiful Zach Edy. Yeah. Right on the shoulder, no look, get it right to him there put it down that seemed like a, a a huge turning point in that one but again here we are it's another week and we're talking about the amazing Braden Smith and, and what he did with those 20 points um some of those shots are not going down in big 10 play i'll tell you that uh with some, uh that's some ymc that that's some old Jared's lightest ball right there that, right i'm I'm looking like is, i'm 16 uh... Uh, hooping in an apartment complex. Uh, that is the basketball winning
1: horse, I'm telling you. That Ooh, was uh, way some of those shots. Getting that ball off the top of the backboard. I'm, and, uh, I'm watching
0: it that. In. Yeah, I'm watching that going, this feels awful. I'm like Biff Tannen in. in uh, <laughs> this feels awfully familiar in Back to the Future, too. But yeah, uh, it, that was something. Whether or not that's going to work on Big Ten play, eh, that's Big Ten Brayden Smith problem that we worry about. We're a non con Braden Smith right that's now. That's right. And uh, a great win in the Gavit games, which has not been. Easy for everybody to come by, so to speak, in the uh, in the Big Ten. But Purdue is uh, Purdue's making its case for that top tier uh, in the Big Ten, while uh, some other teams—sorry—are <coughs> um, you know we're not going to mention names, but uh, <laughs> maybe struggling at times to show that they're really uh, on top in this uh, in this conference. Yeah, I tell you what, and you know
1: it was so fun to watch this team because they're so young, and and you know they're going to make mistakes, and you saw mistakes, but then you see. Any, you, you, you see Fletcher lawyer make that really tough contested three point shot between two uh, two Marquette players, and then, you know, every game they just seem to be getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and the and the steady enforcer is obviously Zach in the middle. Zach has just gotten so much better this year with his passing. He's gotten so much better with his footwork, um, you know, and he just looks a little bit mobile than what he's been in, in past years, and. You know, when you've got a, a person who's giving you 20 points and, and over 10 rebounds a game, that's a great place to start. And they're getting contributions from different players on different night. I mean, and look at Mason Gillis. He didn't score, didn't have a rebound. Uh, that's very unusual for him. But first played really well. Kaufman Wren gave you some good minutes. And that's what it takes for this team to grow. And, and you're going to see that as they mature. But I thought the interesting fact was how much confidence they had in, in Waddell at the end of the game. I mean, you know, yeah, he, I saw a
0: lot of tweets, people are like, what's Waddell yeah, doing exactly. in there? exactly, like, well, you should have heard the crowd. Defensively, I mean. you know, he's, he's kind of a long-rangey uh-huh. kind of guy. He just does everything right, though. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, Maybe Coach not London. an offensive powerhouse dynamo right yeah. now, but on the defensive side of the ball is what you needed. Yeah, and he also makes some great passes, and he does, you know, the only
1: mistake he had was that uh, foul on the three-point play, which was very questionable. It looked to me like it was a foul on the floor, but, you know— He's doing the things, and that tells you what Matt Painter thinks of that group, because at the end of the game, he had in Smith, he had Lawyer, he rotated him with Waddell, and he had in uh, Morton. You know, So those were the players that he likes, and, uh, and they were able to uh, secure the victory and get out of there and... With only six turnovers, and again, that's impressive that the Boilermakers can play against a pressing team like Marquette and only have six turnovers.
0: Yeah, that was great, and that's uh, another game right there we talked about that they're, they're taking care of the basketball, at least taking care of the basketball and all three of these things much better than they did last season, where you know we talked about them valuing possessions, and seemingly they didn't, uh, but they did a, a great job uh, with that yet again on Tuesday. And, uh, Jeff, I don't know if I like this. This is a long layover, right? I mean, this is yeah. over a week until you fire it back up again. West Virginia will play tonight. Uh, they get uh, the Penn Quakers tonight, but not like that's really a thing. But at least it keeps you, you know, a little bit fresher. Six, six days for them versus eight days for us. I don't know if it makes a huge difference, but um, you're, you're both going out to the to the left coast in that uh, Pacific time zone, and you got to deal with those things late at night. Um, that is what it is, but uh, yeah, yeah but I, I hate, mind. the I hate the week layoff. If we're being honest, I'd like something maybe like on Sunday or something like that, just to stay fresh and, and, and keeping the motions. Yeah, but keep in
1: mind how good Purdue usually looks after Matt Painter's had some practice time with them.
0: So yes. This, I, yeah. So this is a week of practice. And, and you're looking at playing some games in succession there that's exactly, going to be an issue. Yeah, and so, Yeah, and I get that. Yeah. But on the same on the note, these are all 20-something men. That's They've right. got the energy. They can Come play for hour, hours. And they hours. can back-to-back the back games. When I was that age... I play basketball for eight hours a day, pick up, get, you know what I'm talking about.
1: I've seen you out in your uh, driveway playing for hoops for six hours today. I mean, he's an old man.
0: I mean, come on. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I was bored. Um, <laughs> but uh, it'll be very interesting once they hit that uh, uh, Phil Knight Classic. But again, uh, Purdue doing what it needed to do and, and surviving. It's uh, Maybe surviving is not the first word here. Passing their first test. Uh, I've said this here for weeks is, Let's not jump on the bandwagon so hard just yet. You're raising the bar incredibly fast for wins over teams like Truman State. And uh, Marquette. For, for, yeah, exactly. Maybe and, uh, just a little wonky, bit a little bit too much here. Pace yourselves and let's see. When they play a Marquette, they play a West Virginia, a team that is capable of exposing some flaws. Then we can see about where we stand here. And uh, quite frankly, I, I think they passed that test. We were worried about... Uh, the press thought they did a pretty good job handling that at times. Um, they did lose that rebounding battle. That you know, That is what it is. But when the chips were down, this team rallied. It has a player that says, give it to me, and I'll lead you to the promised land. And by golly, he's only a freshman. Yeah, that's a great point, Jared, because they were down by nine points in that second half. And Marquette had the
1: upper hand when it comes to upperclassmen. And Purdue looked like the veteran team. They just said, okay, we're, we're down by nine, no big deal. And in a matter of two minutes, they erased that nine-point deficit and had a lead, and, and really turned the game around and forced Marquette in to do some things that they weren't they weren't looking to do, and uh, you know that just that's amazing that you get that kind of production out of a bunch of youngsters when you're playing freshmen and sophomores like the Boilermakers are.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you got to be mentally tough in this in this game, and uh, boy, Braden Smith has uh, proved that pretty darn early for you. Um, we I I mused here, I said, are, are we? putting too much on him have we set the bar too high we're hearing all the rumors and all that stuff and clearly uh the answer is no we we, we are not um it, it was uh it was refreshing to watch him play in the style that he played and 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 what he wanted to do uh and take over that uh that basketball game which uh, again helps him lead to that victory uh over marquette we don't get it without him he has been every bit as good as advertised and let's face it uh, no disrespect to my, my journalistic friends here, but how many times, not specifically here, but I mean, how many times have we heard, Oh, this so-and-so player looks fantastic. This is the best they've ever looked And Oh my gosh, you got to watch out for this team. And then you see it in action. You go, hold on a second. I was told that this was supposed to be good. And uh, it's the, you know, you're screaming fraud. Um, <laughs> so it's a pleasant, not, not saying that anybody like Brian Newbert or, or like that would uh over inflates what they've seen because I, I don't know him to do that or or karma no. or anybody like that um but yeah I guess I'm just conditioned to go yeah you're telling me that now but you want me to click on the article and then I gotta see it like it's okay I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves but really is he, he's been every bit as advertised more and the thing about Braden
1: Smith he just absolutely feeds off the crowd I mean he's jawing the entire game. Many times he's jawing at himself. You know, he's not talking to any of their opponents. And boy when he does. I mean if you saw that last play, that last three he hit, he went to the during the timeout, he went to the corner and you know, talking to the fans over there. I mean, he, if there's one player who just feeds off that Mackey crowd, it's certainly number 3.
0: They just they feel like one of those classic almost like Wisconsin teams where they have that agitator guy that you know, is out there at the point that you everybody hates. You are like, God, that guy's still here. Brad Davidson. and and, yeah. and they don't. You know, there is no like one elite superstar like draft pick, but then there is always like there there is somebody good down beach, low yeah. Yeah. that 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 makes it a problem there, and then they just grind out these victories with great defense. And that's kind of what this team feels like early on, but with better scoring at yeah. a lot of different positions. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And like I tweeted out, I said it's going to be the Big Ten tournament and we're going to be in February, and was uh, going to be a freshman, and there's going to be people going, God, he's still here already? Like, why isn't he gone? <laughs> he's been here for like five years already, and he's going to be a problem, folks. We're going to take a break. Alan Karpick, GoldenBlack.com is our guest next year on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show. Rolls on, 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. We're going over to the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and Alan Karpik from GoldenBlack.com is with us here, the go-to site for your Purdue info. Uh, Alan, always a pleasure to have you on. Purdue in a uh, a great spot here coming off of a uh, uh, another win against uh, Marquette, uh, a team that, you know, I said on my show, uh, Purdue, size advantage on the inside. You just had to avoid Marquette coming in and shooting hot, which is what they did, but this team did find a way to win that game. A, a very impressive win, I thought, uh, in the Gava games.
2: Yeah, I thought Marquette really passed the eyeball test. I mean, they were a really good-looking basketball team. Shaka's smart. you know, First time Purdue's beaten Shaka, and he always presented some troubles, uh, whether his days at Texas or at VCU, but uh, just that style of play and Fact that the Purdue had to kind of match, uh, match not only the tempo of the game but really create its own and own. And you know, what can you say about Braden Smith and the job he's doing and, and all of those factors uh, and the young guy David Jenkins Jr., who is not a young guy but uh, uh, is a guy that's also just making a big, big impact early. And it'll all be tested though. This is going to be an up and down season. We've been saying that all along but uh, it certainly was an up-night uh, Tuesday night in Mackey Arena.
1: And, Alan, did we see the coming-out party for Braden Smith? Boy, he had a spectacular second half.
2: Yeah, I just don't think, Jeff, that uh, we've seen guards like that really here. I mean, he's got some qualities of Lewis Jackson. He's got some qualities of uh, Chris Kramer, though Chris you know, is a different type of guy physically. But this is a guy that wants the basketball in in crunch time, I mean, that was one of the more telling things of the game when the game was on the line. And it was in the last five minutes, as we all know. Purdue was behind, actually. You know, he's basically signaling, give me the ball and let me do what I need to do. And that was scoring, but it was also making the right pass at the right time. And uh, I don't know, you know, I I always laugh because uh, our our business is predicated on recruiting rankings and silly stuff like that. And I can remember some of our readers that oh Braden Smith why would you get a guy like Braden Smith you know he's just he's just an also ran guy no he is a terrific basketball player and he has shown that uh, and his ceiling as a college basketball player is quite high
0: we're talking with Alan Carpenter from goldenblack.com here on our hammerhead hotline Uh, okay so I guess I mean you talk to Brian all the time then um, we're now figuring out that this guy has been a steal that uh, Matt Painter has uh, basically fleeced everybody in the area by getting Braden Smith. How does he fly under the radar? Then is it does he not play enough summer ball? Does uh, I, I, is it the physical attributes? How, how does a guy like that fly under the radar? You figure?
2: Well, it's the physical attribute. It's called good recruiting, and Matt Painter and staff starting these guys early. He identifies guys that fit what Purdue is about. You know, he talks. We talked about the the, the uh, psychology test that they that he gives the recruits or they test them a little bit to see if they're a good fit uh, for what Purdue is all about. And we've seen that in spades about how Purdue plays. And the good thing is about this team is it's going to have to play that way to win the games it wants to win. But it's just good basketball. So how do you get a guy like that? Do you identify him early? you realize that you watch him against good enough competition? You can see that he can play this two years ago. That he could play at that level. Uh, but he's five foot, you know, I don't know what he really is listed at, but he's about five foot eight and weighs about 165 pounds. And uh, and he doesn't pass that test, the eyeball test, until you watch him play. And that's a, that's a credit to, to good recruiting. And, yes, you get a good, little bit of good fortune to guys in your backyard. But he's he's going to be, you know, you talk about that, everybody's kind of comparing him right now to Aaron Kraft. And, and uh, the Ohio State player was a terrific college basketball player craft was physically bigger this guy's a better scorer, in my opinion and uh, and once he learns that he showed that against uh, against Marquette but my, Matt painters talked about you know he's got to look to look to score he can do that he's already shown that against high level competition and I think that was maybe really set him apart from uh, maybe push him a little bit closer to a guy like Scott Skiles than to a guy like Aaron Kraft and again Kraft was a great college basketball player so uh, nothing taking nothing away from, him. and and he's not Scott Skiles yet, Braden Smith. He's got work to do, but uh, he still has some of those same attributes.
1: And that was interesting that uh, Coach Painter even uh, mentioned Scott Skiles this week. Yeah. That he uh, thinks of him when he sees him.
0: Uh, play it's, it's probably playing playing a little NBA Jam from back in the day. I used to roll with Scott's <laughs> <a> great three point <laughs> shooter. You know, he used to go with that all the time on NBA Jam, Jeff.
1: Hey, well, Alan, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Alan, what does it what does it tell you at the end of the game? You know, when the game's on the line, he's play playing you know, three freshmen in, in, in Smith and Lawyer and Waddell, and then he also has a first on the floor, you know, sophomore. I mean, you know, game's on the line. He's going with the youngsters.
2: Right, and I think that uh, that also is indicative. I thought Caleb First is going to be one of the interesting storylines. We talked about this last week that concerns me a little bit. you got to find time for him. You've got to make sure he gets, stays in the rotation, and that. He can't just be Zach Eadie's backup, and I know that Matt Painter knows that. Well, he first made two of the biggest plays in the game, in my view, that game, the one block block that he got his hand on the ball. Huge play because Marquette was making threes all over the place. Uh, he made a big play there. Of course, he had the big uh, kind of slip past somebody for a big dunk at the right time. Uh, I, I really like him as a player, but he's just one of many. I mean, Trey Kaufman-Ren, we've just started to see. We really haven't seen in big te- – or, excuse me, in, in – in regular season play what he can do, but he can do it, and he's going to be a really good player. But you're going to have to you're going to have to come to terms with the fact there's going to be a day, days when Mason Gillis scores zero, uh, a day when Caleb Burst scores two, or Trey kaufman Wren scores two, and then there'll be a day when he had, they have 17. And, and I think that that's, that's the thing you have to get. You're going to be situationally played, uh, but it is a good sign when you have all those freshmen, all those young guys, freshmen and sophomores, that are coming in and making the play. But they also, as you guys have talked about, have the right blend of older guys. You know, Mason Gillis, Brandon Newman, Ethan Morton's been around long enough, uh, certainly Zach Edie, uh, and, of course, David Jenkins Jr. Those are all guys that really give you uh, enough stability, in my view, to uh, from an from a experience standpoint to really make a good blend.
0: Alan, what the heck's going on with this team in the first, I don't know, like seven minutes or so? I mean, it just—they seem—they come out. There's a lot of enthusiasm. I I thought uh, on Tuesday night a lot of rushing to shoot the three ball when you had the size difference on the inside. Um, It just seems like this team gets a little squirrely in the beginning. Matt Painter finally gets them settled down about halfway through that first, and then uh, they make great halftime adjustments and and they shoot the ball so much better in in the second. But what's going on with that? uh, I don't know. Maybe about first seven to ten minutes there. It just a lot of times seems unpurdue like to me.
2: Well, I think it's youth. I mean, if you look at what happened in that period, now of course, Brady Smith had a turnover early on, um, and Fletcher Lawyer takes a couple shots he probably shouldn't have taken, uh, and you can see, at least from my vantage point, Matt Painter reacting to that. That's going to be, again, that's part of that up and down part. That's part of the, you know, certainly when they were juiced up, certainly in the first uh, few minutes with that atmosphere and playing a, a big game in a uh, on a quasi-national stage, I think that that. That also is part of it. And I think that's just part of the, part of the growing process. And you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to do some things uh, because you've got a high energy level. You know, the Austin P game, maybe that was, uh, you know, you just couldn't couldn't make shots. That was really what that team got. Yeah, you had some turnovers. But at the end of the day, Purdue still only had three turnovers, I believe, in the first half and, what, six or seven for the game, whatever that number was, very, very low. And we compare that to what we were seeing last year with a much more at least experienced and, to be honest, skilled team, uh, that's a very, very good sign. This team still really needs to learn how to defend. That's going to be a storyline, certainly. But uh, in in a lot of ways, it it did the right kind of things defensively to get the job done in crunch time against Marquette.
1: And Alan, a career high for Zach Eni in minutes the other night, 33 minutes. I mean, what does that do this basketball team when he can play those kind of minutes? Because I think that was a question mark we've always had with him having uh, Travion in there that he was able to split time. But now he's the man, and, boy, they were productive 33 minutes.
2: Yeah, he's just a terrific uh, player. And I think he's also developed into a, not that he wasn't a team guy, but he's got some leadership qualities to him, and he knows he is the guy inside. And that's a pretty comforting thing. Again, my only issue with that is nothing with what Zach Eadie's doing is, is Caleb first and making sure that that uh, he's a guy that needs to get some time. And I, I think 33 minutes in games that are that are obviously contested down the stretch, which there'll be a lot of them once you get to Big Ten play, especially and and certainly next week in Portland. Uh This is a this is going to be an interesting storyline. I think he's shown he can do it. That's a great thing. Uh And yet, I also wanna make sure that, that Trey Kaufman and Red and first who play different positions. I understand that, but that they get the court time that they need to continue to develop. It's just a, it's an interesting problem to have uh when you have really ten guys that can really do it all.
0: Alan Carpet, goldenblack dot com. Again, uh the site tremendous uh get yourself a subscription. Um I mean uh, Le- Brian Newbert coverage, uh Tom Deanhart's coverage Uh, Alan does a great job. Kyle shows up sometimes. What are you going to do? But hey, it is what it is. Uh, It's still a a really great site, and it's a must-read for Purdue fans. Alan, hey, it's always a pleasure. Again, still enjoying the uh, new setup with the On3 over there. It's been a a blast, and uh, I don't start my morning without GoldenBlack.com, buddy.
2: Well, we appreciate that. For one U.S. dollar, you can become a member, and uh, we've had a great uh, migration already. We want to keep that going. That offer is not going to last forever, so... Uh, that's, uh we're encouraging people that want to come over to give it a shot for a year, and and many, many have. We're very grateful for that, and thanks for the kind words.
0: That's $1, Mortimer, just $1, and uh, $1. you can get it for the whole year. Alan, it's always a pleasure, our friend. Hey, uh, take care. We'll talk to you again uh, next show's up on uh, Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving, so we'll see you then. All right, Welcome great. back. Thanks it is so the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. To, to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, we go. And we're going to bring in the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation and uh, avid faith Christian basketball fan as well here. Nate Barrett is on with us. Nate, how you doing, bud? Hey good morning guys how are you? Yeah, doing great buddy. Uh yeah by the way you, you Nate has always hit me up about the Eagles and uh, we were talking about the uh uh the girls team lately right? Cuz the girls team's really hot. Somebody was asking me about the 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 hoops classic and I said heck the, the most intriguing team isn't even in it.
3: Uh, that's right. They are intriguing. And uh they've got a couple of young ladies that are freshmen that are playing varsity and uh are going to be awfully awfully special and uh I think are already on some programs' radars around the Midwest, but uh, they can play, and uh, it's going to be a going to be an interesting few years for them.
1: And big wins over uh, both McCutcheon and Jeff already. So what yeah, a way and, to
3: start the season! Any, anytime Faith beats McCutcheon and Jeff, you know, like they did in boys' golf, you know, uh, you, want, you you notice that being a Class A school, and uh, it certainly is. Uh, these these ladies have been working, I you know, over the years uh you know for you know some of this travel basketball and all that and you know we're honing their skills and they're at that point now where you know as freshmen in high school they're making a varsity impact so uh it could be really a lot of fun as they continue to develop and then we'll see where they where they end up uh be cool if, if uh they ended up you know Maybe with that team across the river someday, at least uh, if, one or two of them.
0: If you see them driving around in those yellow uh, Jeep Wranglers, too, you know who the NIL uh, NIL deal <laughs> came from, right? Now I'll tell you that. I was wondering why they had so many of them on the lot. I drove by the other day, and now I know why. They all ordered uh, matching stuff there. So there you go, Nick. You,
3: you should be an NIL
0: guy. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, uh, there's uh, plenty of great guys to choose from on this Purdue basketball team, but uh, after uh, just a few games, Nate, I I think if you were going to target a player for NIL, I mean, there's one name that jumps right to the top of the list right now in in Purdue's fans' books, and uh, he is a freshman playing the point, and uh, he's been darn good.
3: Wow. It's funny because I was writing a few notes calling you guys. all. You always call me the finger on the pulse guy of the community, I can't go anywhere, anywhere in town without people going, Braden Smith, Braden Smith, Braden Smith. (laughs) You know, and then a buddy of mine, I was in Kokomo the other day, and that really follows high school basketball. And he had told me, he sat down the day after the Marquette game, he says, what did I tell you a year ago about Braden Smith? I said, you're right. The kid is a winner. And uh, so it was really exciting. And what was so exciting to Purdue fans was the way that uh, Marquette you know, really did a nice job. Uh, Shaka had them ready to go, and the way they came out and just pressured Purdue's guards, which you knew, you know, that's that was going to be the narrative. We talked about it going into the season. Purdue's youth uh, at the guard spots, and they come right at them. And uh, the Boilermakers had some struggles, but they they respond late. They get the job done. And I think what catches you about Braden Smith is just that that poise that you see. Uh, for a true freshman to be in there in front of 14,000 people on national television and maintain that poise and be able to execute and do some really good things.
1: And Nate, just talk about uh, how much that young man feeds off the crowd. I mean, he just seems to play better as the crowd gets louder and uh, just loves, uh, uh, you know, being on the center stage. And, and you just don't see that out of a freshman.
3: No, it's amazing. And, and there's, you know, size difference, and it's not fair to compare him because there's a, a ton of differences, but, you know, you'll hear a lot of people making Chris Kramer or Aaron Kraft type references about him. Uh, and just that, you know, somebody looked to that, you know, that has that tenacity. Uh, you know, Jordan Holes at IU a couple years back, just that, that little guy that has that tenacity, uh, that can hit some shots, that can, you know, cause you, cause you difficulty, but also just not losing your poise in those, t- you know, those tight moments and uh, you you saw kind of a down payment on what you think his future can be at Purdue with with what you saw in that Marquette game.
0: Nate, uh, I brought it up with Alan a little bit. There's a lot to love out of these games here, especially the one against uh, Marquette, but I do notice a common thread here. It just seems like that first, I don't know, like seven, eight minutes or so of these games they they don't seem to just ease right into their offense. I, I felt especially in the Marquette game that they uh you know they rush some threes coming right down the floor. I think you as a classic Purdue fan probably saw some of those uh come right down, you know, shoot it and then run back up the other way because, you know, you missed it. And uh, that probably hurts you uh almost physically pains you to see uh offense run like that. But then you know, Matt gets them all settled down and uh, makes halftime adjustments as well, and then they're great in the second half. But it just seems like to me that that first like seven eight minutes is uh, very purdue like right now.
3: Well, and they better be careful with it, Jared, because when they go out to Portland, uh, they'll they'll be again really challenged. And so uh, I think you're right that that getting off to those good starts and you know Matt figuring out uh, you know how, how to help them do that it will be their challenge. And, you know, last year, uh, I think that we've talked about this last week, the, the challenge was all season long valuing possessions. And that really became an Achilles heel for them in that back third of the season. So, you know, how, how are you able to, as you, as you talk about Jared, how are you able to get off to a good enough start that it doesn't haunt you later? I think we all, You know, when Marquette was up about nine there, I think everybody was taking a deep gulp of thinking, okay, are we finding out where this Purdue team really really is against a a well-coached, you know, high-level program? And then, you know, when they're able to make that that comeback and then hang on at the end where, again, Marquette, you know, was fighting all the way to the end of the thing, hitting some threes, Uh, it was was a really good test to see. Yeah, they – now that – you know, can they close games? And and they closed that one out. But you're right. You don't want to you don't want to dig yourself too big a hole. I thought there was a moment there. You know, Matt, as you guys know, is very reluctant to take timeouts. I, there was a moment there where I thought, boy, one more bucket here, and he's going to have to call one. And it didn't come to that. But it just had that eerie feeling. And you you know, he let it roll up to nine, and you're like, man, this is going to not. This is going to need a timeout here if we can't uh, get a stop. And they did.
1: And Nate, you know, first half uh, they had a real tough time getting the ball inside to Zach Eady, but then just incredible adjustments by Matt at halftime, and the second half they were able to find the angles and and those kind of things. You know, talk about those adjustments that you saw out of Matt at halftime.
3: Well, I, I you know, in particular, I would just I identify. I think Zach seems a little better on his feet, a little more agile, in in some spots. But uh, I think Matt, you know, that that we've seen that from him in the past where he's. You know, he's able to figure out what, you know, what lineup's going to work with him. I thought it was interesting that he, you know, he had Brian Waddell in there and, and that was a good experience for Brian, uh, to get that opportunity to be in there. I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Matt in terms of getting uh, David Jenkins Jr. in here and, and, uh, what he can do. I thought he also was a guy we can't ignore his impact in that game. Uh, and then, you know, Matt goes with what he always talks about is guys he trusts late in the game you know who can I trust out there not to make a bad decision on a pass or turnover and uh you know that strategy with all the analytics that go with it uh has served him well and uh you know it's it's just going to be uh, like anything else I think there'll be some matchups that are difficult for this team uh, but I think there are some other teams that when produce hitting and can get it inside the Zach are really going to struggle with with Purdue's uh, overall approach. If you look at Matt, you're in and you're out now, guys. Uh, y- there seems to be that, that common thread of I'm going to go with a big and I can beat you that way. I'm going to go with poised Purdue-style guards and I can beat you that way. Or I'm going to go with versatile guys that can work inside or out, like Vince Edwards, and I can beat you that way. And by the time you address all that, as the opposing team, that is an awful lot to defend. And so, you know, that's been a pretty good run now for here, for Matt from kind of the Rayfell Davis on with going, you know, with that kind of strategy.
0: Talk with Nate Barrett here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline. So with Coach Pander playing 4-D chess, so to speak here, is it time to raise the bar on your expectation level for this Purdue team, Nate?
3: Uh, Let's talk about that after. After the very tough turn, which we've discussed in previous weeks on your show, about uh, the tough turn coming from Portland and then heading quickly into Tallahassee for that Big Ten ACC Challenge game, I was able to go with Rob and uh, the team uh subbing for Cliz a few years ago on that first trip down there with Carson Edwards and tough environment. A uh, good crowd, very nice big arena, but Leonard Hamilton—they play the D—and uh, it's going to be a great test for Purdue because they're such a good defensive team. You know, they, Purdue got away from them here last year, but man, you get down there in Tallahassee in front of their home crowd, it, it can be a very different story. And they were allowed a uh, very nice venue, and and it, that one, of course, you know, went down to the wires. You guys remember? So, but doing that, uh, coming off that Portland trip, is always tough. I remember the year that. Rodney Smith and John Allison and Coach Katie and that group, Maynard Lewis, they were able to pick off number one Arizona. Jeff was probably there down in Indy, but you got to keep in mind that Arizona had, had had bad scheduling and had just come back, I think, for Maui, and so you know going through the time change and all that. So Purdue's got to flip around from whatever they can do in Portland and then quickly get down there to to Tallahassee. So that's going to be a, a great early season moment for Purdue to really see uh, where they're at heading into Big Ten play.
1: And, you know, it seems like Matt has put together just such a group of players that are winners and want to win and want to make the plays. I I think Ethan Morton, who, you know, quietly had a decent game, at the end of the game he got that rebound, and he held on to the basketball because he wanted to be fouled. And what does that young man do? He goes down the other end and drains two free throws that pretty much ice the game. And so, you know, when you get that kind of collection of talent and they just know how to win, it makes you a, a very difficult team to beat.
3: Yeah, because the the rub is that you don't beat yourself. Uh, you know, I, I've heard Matt say over the years, "Don't let Purdue beat Purdue." You know, I mean that you you can't uh, that the other team's going to do what they're going to do. But how many possessions do teams give up in the game? Of, any game, but especially in the game of basketball. How many times do you hurt yourself? And that I think Matt, who's just incredible with the numbers and, and looking at the, that deep side of it, says, "You know what? If there's if we've got enough possessions and we don't mess up too many possessions, no matter what they do, we should be in this thing at the end. Uh but when we mess up possessions and we turn the ball over and we take bad shots and we don't recover defensively, uh we're giving them too many freebies and it can be tough to overcome. So, you know, these games end up coming down, you know, really when you look back at them, so many of them to, you know, a swing of a few possessions here and there. Uh, that's back re- with Jared's point about you can't get in trouble early. But I think he goes with those guys he trusts because he knows, you know, if we don't make a turnover here. If we can hit some free throws here, you know, you're, you're in a position to be there at, w- at what they always call winning time.
0: Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Always a pleasure to talk some hoops with you, buddy, next week. Uh, Wednesday's show. I'm excited right before uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk about this uh, big Phil Knight Legacy Tournament with you then. I
3: can't wait, dudes, uh, but that did give us all a shot in the arm the other night about this basketball season. Thanks for having Welcome
0: me Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. All right, uh, now's the time where Jeff and I, would like to take a, a look at the uh, future of the Big Ten, where we're at and, and where we're going as of today. Uh, everybody in the Big Ten is undefeated, except for Michigan, Minnesota, Michigan State, And Nebraska are all one loss teams. Everybody else is undefeated at the top of the heat, technically. Yeah, the uh, Huskers had an early lead on St. John last night, but ended up getting uh, come on, like you thought that they were ever going to win that game.
1: Well, you know, I was I was hoping for the big ten. Come on.
0: You should know better. I bet you're Michigan, for, were, you why. were were you rooting for Minnesota too last night? <laughs> were you for you, you thought Minnesota was going to uh, cover last night 11 and nope, a half? No, but I thought Michigan was going to, and
1: boy, they got thumped last night—the worst uh, loss in the history of that tournament championship game, and that's been going on for 16
0: years. So you hate to see it. Yeah,
1: Bobby Hurley and uh, the uh, Sun Devils took Oof. it to him.
0: There's a name. There you go. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, take a look at the upcoming schedule here tonight in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, we've got uh, six games. Count them six including uh that uh um Indiana Hoosiers team 12th yeah. rank right in the country taking on Xavier big big game big game here they actually have to play somebody oh my goodness somebody over poor
1: yeah you know that that'll be an interesting trip for the Hoosiers because they are off to a great start they look really really good but you know they haven't played a uh, you know real strong schedule yet and uh, Xavier will certainly test them tonight and Xavier comes in at 3 and 0 and uh A game is is played in their home court, so we'll see how that game plays out, but uh, the first test for the Hoosiers this season.
0: Yeah, and a 6 o'clock tip-off with that one there, too. Uh, Temple and Rutgers before that on ESPNU, that's coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, the Mastodons, will head up to Northwestern, who I'm used this week, and somebody playfully decided to disagree, but I think Northwestern is is better than people realize. I'm not saying they're going to make the tournament. I'm not saying they're going to be in the top two tiers of the Big Ten. But I am saying this. You, if you think they're just a doormat and you can just waltz right in there and beat them, I think you're sorely mistaken on that this year. Veteran team knocking down threes right now.
1: Hey, duly noted. I think they have uh, they do look, uh, what I've seen them so far, they do look much better than in past years. So you may be right on that one.
0: I know they play Chicago State. But they're beating those teams. By considerable margins, too. So, uh, And not to mention, let's not forget about uh, Brooks Barnheiser, the Jeff Grad out there contributing as well. Uh, I say you know, watch out. Northwestern is, is not a layup game anymore, but um, I'm, I'm not expecting the world out of them. Villanova, Michigan State tonight should be a good one in the Breslin Center. Uh, That game at 8 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. And And when does
1: uh, Sparty get the layup games? My gosh, their schedule has been absolutely brutal
0: so far. They love to do that to you. And then uh, the real treat tonight, it's uh, 19th-ranked Illinois against 8th-ranked UCLA Vegas, baby. They're out in Vegas for that one.
1: Continental Tire main event, so ready to rumble.
0: Is that that how it goes? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Tomorrow, just uh, one basketball game on tap for you here as uh, St. Louis uh, will uh, take on Maryland up there in the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. That game, 1 o'clock on ESPN News, but you don't care. You're watching football. football. It's football day. Yeah, you're absolutely watching football. Sunday, though, something to to kind of put on the second screen, though, here for you as, uh, well... 3:30. 3:30. It's uh, Nebraska hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, I think I don't even know what the spread is, but if you take Nebraska, I think you're a sucker. Uh, 12th ranked uh, Indiana will uh, take on Miami of Ohio over in down in Game Bridge, I should say. And then uh, in the evening, it's Ohio at Michigan. 7:30. So a little buffer between the end of your NFL games there and uh, Sunday night football. Yeah, you know, and uh, Michigan will look to rebound after that big loss last night. So. Then that takes us up to uh, Monday. We're starting to get into more of these uh, holiday tournaments and stuff here. Omaha will head to Iowa in the Carver Hawkeye, uh, where I believe the score, I don't know what the over-under is. Just take the over, for Pete's sakes, because Iowa crushes it in the non-conference. I mean, they are just, they are putting up points. They're not, I think they play intentionally bad defense because they love playing offense so much <laughs> and they just want to hurry up and get the ball back. Score. Yeah, that's all they want to do. Uh, through the first three games, 89, 112, and 83, so they are uh, they're they're kill- I mean Chris Murray had 29 in that game against Seton Hall, which was a great win for them. Um Yeah, Iowa, classic Iowa, can yep. shoot the lights out. Can't stop anybody from doing the
1: same. And Jared, in one of the premier uh, preseason games of the year, you've got a high state and San Diego State in the Mally Invitational. So that should be a huge, huge test for the Buckeyes because the San Diego State teams rank 17th in the country. Uh boy what a great tournament out on the island.
0: Yeah, that'll be great. Um especially since they were so flat in that first half against Eastern Illinois. Yes, I were. was like what in the heck is the going yep. on there? That was uh yeah, that was uh, mind numbingly boring basketball, but uh they get the uh W there and they advance and then uh here's one you're definitely tuning in for Monday night. Uh you'll flip over and watch uh Minnesota host California Baptist in uh Capistrano San Juan Capistrano. California and a ten thirty tip
1: now, so uh, yeah, you want to step late for that one? So of course you do.
0: <laughs> uh, that'll take us into uh, Tuesday. Watch out for Ryder at Rutgers uh, seven o'clock on the BTN. Uh, you need something on a Tuesday, right? You need something on the Tuesday. The sports gods will provide. Not only they're going to give you Rutgers and Jersey Mike's Arena. But well, they're going to give you Liberty in Northwestern in Cancun, Mexico. And, and you also have me. a
1: high state second game because that'll be in the Maui Invitational just not on the schedule here because mm. of how that plays out. So
0: It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. But it's, it's
1: Thanksgiving. Tuesday.
0: And who works the week of
1: Thanksgiving now? Come on. Wednesday,
0: can- by the way, uh, our feed, the Need Day, our uh, next game, our, our next uh, Boiler Basketball show will also be on Wednesday as well. And there's great basketball on Wednesday, including. 21st-ranked Dayton Flyers taking on Wisconsin, that one down in the Bahamas. Anytime you play Dayton and not have to go to Dayton, it's those <laughs> no, little, little regional schools in Ohio, man. You don't want to mess with Dayton in Dayton. You don't want to mess with Richmond in Richmond. Like, you avoid those as much as you oh. can, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want those two. Little Rock, who uh, we all know and love, uh, will take on 12th-ranked Indiana. Uh, it might surprise you to find out where they're playing that game at. I bet that's probably in Bloomington. Yeah, shocker. I know. Yeah. Nobody saw that. Jackson State and Michigan at eight thirty in the uh, Chrysler Center, which then takes us into uh, Thanksgiving. And actually, more than just the Boilers playing. Uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska at 5 o'clock. That one down in Florida. Purdue, West Virginia at 10. At 10 it's 18th ranked Alabama at Michigan State. Just give them like a directional Illinois school. For Pete's sakes, let them have a break. <laughs>
1: And I tell you what, this uh, tournament the Boilers are headed to just going to be fantastic. And, uh,
0: yeah, I keep... wish Gonzaga wouldn't have gotten whooped the other night, though. Yeah,
1: true. I take a little luster off that. But uh, keep in mind, if the Boilers get by West Virginia, 11.30 game on Friday night. So <sighs> get that uh, get that extra sleep. Make sure the kids are— And you know uh, the bucket
0: game is going to be at noon. You just know it. Yeah, That's so... the way it's going to be. They're going to make the bucket <laughs> game at noon. And it's going to stink, but at least and if West Lafayette wins tonight, I to say we may that, be. It's not until three thirty, then that's three o'clock down at the uh, at the oil drum. So nice. uh, We'll see how it all plays out. All right, that's going to do it for our show here today. Don't forget, our next show will be on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, and also be Feed the Need Day here. Uh, with our uh, new f- family of stations out at the local Payless stores accepting your donations for Food Finders Food Bank, so uh, it'll be a busy, busy, busy Wednesday. So we'll see you back then. Uh, thank you for listening to the Boiler Basketball Show here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer.com.